This is Mesa Verde Voices, a show from KSJD Community Radio and Mesa Verde National Park. And here's what we're all about. This show takes the ancient past of the Southwest and connects it with all kinds of things in today's world. Art, science, people, culture. And in this season, we're talking about possibly the most connective source in the world today, the internet. And I'm your host, Kayla Woodward, national park traveler, huge fan of indigenous history, and also huge fan of the internet. I worked as a seasonal ranger at Mesa Verde National Park on the social media team in 2016 and 2017, and it really got me interested in how the internet fits into the world of national parks and public lands, and also how it's being used as a tool by Indigenous and First Nations peoples across North America to tell their own stories. If you search the hashtag discover on Instagram, you'll find somewhere in the ballpark of 8.6 million posts. If you search the hashtag explore, you'll find over 63 million. And if you search something a little more inspirational, maybe something like hashtag wonderlust, you'll find over 85 million posts. That's 85 million different photographs that people have chosen to share. And what's even crazier to me is that Instagram hasn't even really been around for that long. I made my Instagram account just six years ago, and in that time I've made close to a thousand posts myself. We use social media platforms like Instagram to document so many parts of our lives and to learn about or get inspired by so many parts of the world. Travel photos are one of the most common types of content you'll find on Instagram, hence those hashtags, discover and explore. These photos inspire us to see the world, to save up and add things to our bucket lists, to get to that same cliffside and see that same sunrise, or maybe even take that same iconic selfie. And I know I'm guilty of that myself. I'm not passing any judgments here. Instagram alone has connected me to places I likely never would have learned about otherwise. And it exposes people all over the world to this treasure trove of knowledge and inspiration. But there has been a price to pay for this knowledge. You have the selfie subculture, the YouTube video culture, the the most gnarliest video, the craziest experiences, um, the craziest stories, the biggest stunts. And they're always trying to one-up the other person. This is Bridget. My name is Bridget Ireland. I'm the lead dispatcher for Mesa Verde National Park. That means that when the calls for help or directions or a lost dog or missing person come into the park, they come to me first and then I coordinate the response. Bridget not only works in dispatch at Mesa Verde, but she also has a long history of working in search and rescue in the outdoors. In the 13 years that I've been working with search and rescue, there's been a lot of changes in social media and in the different types of uh, that kind of pop culture. With this huge increase in Instagram photos of people discovering, exploring, and conquering their bucket lists. That has significantly changed the type of injuries that we're seeing and uh, the the basic lost uh, reasons why people are getting injured and lost. It's had a significant safety impact on uh, the visitor population. Everybody wants a better picture than their friend's picture. They want to try to, once again, one-up the other one. And so they're going out and taking pictures that look really cool, but they're putting themselves in very dangerous situations to get those pictures, and it leads to a lot of injuries. And not only does it lead to more people getting injured. And it also leads to encouraging other people to do the same thing. And so we end up with this feedback loop. This is that price we pay for the connectivity of the internet. There's this amazing and simple access to photographs and inspiration for visiting new places, but sometimes we can get a little too caught up in just getting to the place 
that we don't understand how to be there or sometimes why to be there. You know, why this place is so special in the first place. I had the opportunity to chat with Bridget and we'll hear more from her in just a second about the real physical risk of not being prepared in the outdoors. But beyond that, I had the opportunity to talk with someone else about another way in which people are coming unprepared to the outdoors. So today we're talking about visiting public lands with respect. And because we're Mesa Verde Voices, we're talking specifically about visiting cultural and ancestral sites with respect. And beyond just physically visiting with respect, we're gonna be talking about sharing that visit with respect as well. The way that we post about and talk about our experiences on the internet during and after our visits. Okay, so we've got crazy gnarly YouTube videos, we've got extreme selfies. These are a little easier to recognize as risky and unsafe. And probably the average person isn't going to try to replicate those types of posts. What ends up causing the most problems are those who don't know they're putting themselves in danger. One of the things that I see a lot when I go around the park are the people that are trying to get those pictures uh, on the edge of a cliff or a precipice uh, with the scenery in the background. This makes for a really awesome picture, but... But what these people don't realize is they're standing on rocks that have eroded underneath and the potential for those rocks to become unbalanced and for them to fall in is pretty high. And a lot of the times when I talk to them, they don't even realize the danger that they're in. They're just going for that big picture, so they're not paying attention to anything else. Well, there's a big risk of injury here. There's also damage being done to the environment. Cliff edges, especially in the desert, tend to be delicate, just like Bridget was saying. So with the rock being undercut or unbalanced, foot traffic further loosens rocks and vegetation at the edge of cliffs. And while you might be thinking, I'm just one person, I'll be quick, I just want one picture, Lots of people are thinking that exact same thing. And so by getting that awesome shot and sharing it online, it inspires more people to want that same shot, meaning more foot traffic at those cliff edges. So it has significantly impacted the number of rescues that we've been on and the types of rescues. Another issue that Bridget and the other rangers at Mesa Verde have encountered is a big reliance on technology. Social media can tend to make the world seem a lot more accessible and connected than it actually is, especially when it comes to cell phone service on public lands. There's an over-reliance on technology because we have GPSs and location beacons if you get into trouble. If you, you have cell phones, you can always call somebody for help. People become overly reliant on this technology as a way to fill in the gap from their skills and the activities that they're trying to do. The nature of a lot of these parks the technology doesn't even work. And Mesa Verde is a great example of this. In the vast majority of places in the park, there is no cell phone service. We don't have cell phone service in Mesa Verde, so if you get into trouble, there's no way to call for help. You have to rely on your own abilities to get out or somebody else to, to get out and get help. GPSs fail, batteries uh, peter out. So it's, it's given rise to a lot of people having access to areas that they don't have the skills to necessarily be in uh, safely. And it gives them an overconfidence that they're not going to get injured or that somebody will be there to help them if they do. And so it's taken a lot of the personal responsibility out of travel in the backcountry. So we've kind of established here that this culture that's been developing through social media, photos and videos, isn't great. It's led to increases in injuries, or at least at times, serious risk of injuries. But in addition to people injuring themselves for the sake of that perfect photo, there's also a big risk of hurting the place itself. 
off the top of my head, let me see here. We have people that want to get pictures of themselves camping out in Kiva. So we've had examples of people spending the night in uh, Farview sites so that they can be in there and get pictures of themselves with the, the stars in the background. And they're actually down in a Kiva site. They don't understand that that has a very sacred meaning to the culture that built it, and it's really offensive to the descendant tribes. While I love that social media has the ability to connect everyone with incredible outdoor places, one of the biggest downsides is that when users see these outdoor spaces digitally, they're oftentimes divorced from the context that created them. Whether that be the force of nature that took thousands of years to create a unique or fragile rock formation, or whether it's something made by hand, like the kivas and buildings Bridget mentioned at Mesa Verde. Once again, they're going for that good shot. They're they're going for that awesome photo that they can show off to their friends when they get back home. Look what I did on vacation. But the problem is they're not putting in the time to read about the sites that they're visiting. They're not doing the research to learn about the cultural sites that they're seeing in front of them. And so a lot of the times they don't even understand what they're doing and why that's damaging because they're more focused on trying to get that video or they're trying to get that that picture up, um, trying to participate in the social media culture, and they're kind of missing out on what they're visiting. All public lands are originally native lands and have um, a history, and uh, indigenous people continue to have connections, spiritual and cultural connections to every land space on Turtle Island, which we now kind of understand is the United States. So even though we've just spent some time being pretty critical of how people interact with social media, I will just about always be one of the first people to talk about how serendipitously exciting of a place the internet can be at the same time. While doing research for this podcast, I've been introduced to, and sometimes I've stumbled upon, some really incredible people who are doing awesome things in the world, and specifically using platforms like Instagram to share what they're doing. That voice you just heard is one of those people. Cool. So I'll introduce myself. So um, my name is Markel Musgrave. Uh, my Taiwan name is Tamutsan, and that means the new day or the rising sun. Um, I'm from Nangbe Owinga, which is also known as the Pueblo of Nambe. It's one of six Taiwan-speaking tribes um, in northern New Mexico. I was introduced to Markel by a gal named Kiona, who runs an Instagram account that I follow pretty closely. I was loving the content that Kiona was putting out daily, so I took a shot in the dark and sent a message to her asking if she knew anyone that I could talk to for this episode. Twelve minutes later, she was sending me to Markel. Side note, Kiona is based in Texas and born and raised in Hawaii, and this is only relevant because I'm trying to say that I love how Instagram created a space that I could interact with what she was trying to do and say, which in turn has connected me to other really awesome people. Anyway, like Markel was saying, she's from Nambeawenge, also known as the Pueblo of Nambe, which is home to one of the descendant tribes of Mesa Verde, located in New Mexico. Markel has lived in the Southwest her whole life and has a close connection to her home and culture. And um, straight out of college, I came to work for my tribe because um, I really wanted to come back and serve my people. I was the resident grant writer for Nambe, and I served a two-year elected term as tribal council secretary for the Pueblo of Nambe. She went on to work as a reporter after that, and today, Currently, the work I do is actually in the outdoors. So I do experiential education or outdoor adventure therapy. 
And really all that means or what it is is learning by doing. Um, so I have the honor of working with um, so many of my uh, fellow native communities and different pueblos across the state of New Mexico, as well as um, some Diné folks um, and kind of reconnecting and sharing space in the outdoors. And um, I also contribute to uh, the Indigenous Femme online magazine, Indigenous Goddess Gang. So we'll talk more about Indigenous Goddess Gang in a minute, but first, Markel and I spent some time talking about social media and its impact on her home. In this kind of like day and age where um, everyone wants to get like the best shot or the best selfie, um, and there's things like geotags, um, there's definitely been more of a presence, just like a human body presence within, like that are actively kind of on our sacred or tribal lands. And when I say sacred lands, I'm also including um, public lands in that statement because all public lands are originally native lands. So what does that look like? A lot of times you might see like folks take, try to get the best shot of them, like maybe on some type, some sacred, um, area or territory or site um, with themselves maybe on like a rock formation that looks really cool or something um, when the beauty of that rock formation could just speak with itself and maybe not have a human presence on it so there's that um, and then just really the not understanding the cultural value or significance of sacred spaces or sacred sites um, so not following things like leave no trace or not um, reaching out to those communities or trying to learn about the history of the land or the story that it has to tell or the etiquette involved in um, visiting sacred places. So what are some of those effects, both short-term and long-term? So what happens when we have um, so much tourism and we've had increasing amounts of tourism over the years just because of social media and us actually as a tribe trying to have more people come visit um, and what we see is an increase of littering not only in the spaces where um, are designated for hikers or people to come fishing um, but also just even like along our roadways and where we live also we've had incidents in the past where um, we have multiple sacred sites around and none of those are undesignated hiking trails but um, they have been disrupted or maybe we have like a certain rock that's really like special to us that's been moved or knocked down. The climbing on them is really disruptive to how they look um, because they've been there for so long and really only small animals or like rain or water um, has adjusted how they look because we as people who are from here don't disrupt them. Um, but for somebody who's not from here, who doesn't have an understanding, um, who hasn't reached out about the etiquette or um, respectfully kind of looking at these spaces will walk on them and really just destroy their foundations. Like I was saying before, while I love that social media has the ability to connect people with incredible outdoor spaces that they may never have learned about otherwise, I think one of the biggest downsides is that they are oftentimes divorced from the history of the places that they're seeing in those photos. You might not be able to see just how fragile the environment is, or you may not know just how culturally important the place is. 
But despite the downside, social media, and especially Instagram, is providing an excellent platform for Indigenous people to voice that cultural importance, and in their own words. And that's one aspect of social media that um, is really cool and empowering, right? Is that within these platforms, we've been able to kind of create coalitions and connect with other people um, in our communities and really build um, build our platforms and then be able to share our collective voice. And um, people are listening and that's really good and that's awesome. So I think that that will continue to grow and as more people are aware and become educated on the issues impacting indigenous people and how we can better support them, um, we'll see some, maybe some also positive changes in the way that we all um, share space together. So I asked Markel if she had any tips for people traveling to public lands, or really anywhere, to be able to protect the cultural landscape and visit respectfully. The best thing to do if you are going to visit um, native lands is to reach out to the tribal authority of those spaces um, to ask wh- which areas are okay to to visit, to hike, to fish, um, and then what's the etiquette or what does it look like um, to them? What does respect mean to them on how you can respectfully navigate um, being a guest on their lands? Um, every tribe is different and every tribe has different um, guidelines or maybe even different like ideas of what their their etiquette may be different their cultural practices are different um so each one is sovereign in its own beliefs and ways so definitely having a connection building a relationship or reaching out to those communities that you're planning to visit is like the first step if this seems a little intimidating to you start with a google search Many of the pueblos in New Mexico have websites that provide good contact information and times and dates of events going on in the pueblo, like feast days, which are great times to visit. For areas that aren't tribally run or um, governed, um, I like to use a Native Lands, the website or the app. That's native-lands.ca, and we'll have a link in the show notes. That's a really great resource to find the original territory, language, and treaty information of any space on Turtle Island. So I start from there, and I find out what it says. And it's an interactive map, so it's constantly being updated. Um, So if you find something that might be inaccurate, you can send an email to them and have a discussion about um, updating it as well. But that's a great place to start. And then from there, getting that info and doing a little bit more research um, on maybe the history of that land space and the story of that land space. And finally, Markel suggested taking to social media. There is Instagram accounts like Natives Outdoors, um, Indigenous Women Hike, Native Women's Wilderness that consistently do the work and educate the general public about how to respectfully hike, climb, or do any type of recreation in the outdoor space while still supporting them culturally and spiritually um, in their sacred land spaces and sites. And I also wanted to see what Markel thought about not only how we can prepare for visits, but how we can share about our visits to sacred lands. And one thing that really stuck out to me was her mention of word choice. When we um, take a picture and we want to add a caption right to our social media, um, we use these words like explore or discover as if 
these places are are uh, are new um, to I mean they're new to us right because we haven't been there before but really they have a long-standing history and people have been connected to these spaces for hundreds and thousands of years um, and so it's really problematic when we use words like explore or discover because it erases the history of those spaces and it erases the history of the people who the, whose spaces those were sacred to. I found this to be really interesting because I do think that the outdoors and public lands have a feeling of being new or unsettled, when in reality people have called these places home for thousands of years, people whose descendants are still alive today. So I asked Markel if she had any suggestion on what words to use instead in social media posts that might tell a more accurate story. I think it's important for us to always do a land acknowledgement, right? And so like acknowledging that so-and-so um, were the indigenous, this space is, a, is this territory um, of these people. Um, and we were honored maybe to be a guest on this land to hike here, to climb here, um, to fish here. And maybe just saying, instead of explore, maybe saying like the, the act of recreation that we're doing. Because you don't have to say explore in any context. I never use the word, but I always, I take many pictures and I caption them all the time. Um, and I always just think about it in uh, a way of honoring the indigenous people of those territories. And, um, kind of like thinking about how you would have reverence for like any sacred space that um, maybe you view as sacred. So how would you talk about maybe visiting someone else's home or how would you talk about maybe visiting um, a church? Um, thinking about it in those in those ways rather than you are discovering or exploring or climbing on something um, as a way of like conquering it, right? You're not conquering um, somebody's home when you're visiting it. You're a guest and you're respecting that it's their space. So I think that um, just having that intention and that awareness um, will really help support Native folks and help us preserve the land spaces that we now climb and hike on and that we want to preserve for future generations. One last thing I talked about with Markel is the online Indigenous Femme publication that she contributes to. So Indigenous Goddess Gang was founded by Kim Smith, who um, is an amazing international activist and um, a water protector. This publication was created in late 2017, and the idea is... We collectively, as Indigenous Femme, folks have power in numbers and in our voices and so we are a collection of different artists and thought leaders and um, writers and all numbers of things um, so the publication really highlights those indigenous femme folks their work subject matters that impact us or that we're interested in and they also have this really awesome instagram account which no surprise here is where i found out about them it's updated pretty frequently with um, sharing kind of like our voice or responding to, to current events from our lens. And then there's also the opportunity to educate non-Indigenous folks who want to support Indigenous femmes. Each issue has great pieces of art from photography to poetry to fashion and so much more. 
And it's another example of how social media and the internet gives a platform and a space to indigenous people to tell their own stories. And I think like us, me as a public person, I was so excited, as a public woman, I was so excited to be a part of it because traditionally um, in public culture before colonization and pre-contact, um, we were matrilineal societies. And so every day in the work that I do or how I live my life, I try to, um, my, my thoughts and my actions are guided by our traditional values and concepts. And um, it's really beautiful to be a part of something like Indigenous Goddess Gang um, that understands that and that there's other Native women who connect with that and they're consistently doing that work to reclaim that, um, which is really beautiful for um, all of our communities to to see and to have, um, especially for our little ones. Before we go, Bridget had some tips too for preparing yourself physically for visiting public lands and staying safe. First. Well, first off, do your research, especially uh, when you're visiting national parks. All that information is on websites. Every national park, most of the, the state parks, there's all websites out there with information about safety, about regulations, schedules how to do the kinds of things and activities that you want to do. Uh, it really doesn't take that much time to, to specifically find that information. So do your research before you visit. Second, know your limits. Any time that I go out in the backcountry, you know, know what you can do, know the risks of the area that you're getting into, and, and be willing to turn around if things get too dangerous. We're a little too goal-oriented as a society. You see that a lot with the people that are going out to get the pictures and the videos. They push their limits. They don't turn around when they should. And finally, maybe go home with less pictures and just enjoy being in the area. But just mostly being aware of what they're putting on their Facebook page or, or, or out there for everybody to see and realize that you are encouraging other people to do the same thing. So think a little bit, do you want them to be doing that same thing? Is that a safe thing for people to be doing? Our show is produced and edited by me, Kayla Woodward, with additional recording by Tom Yoder and Robert Dobry of KSJD Community Radio. Special thanks to DeLovi Denipa-Cook for research this season and to Kiona for research on this episode. To see additional content for this episode, visit mesaverdevoices.org. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a review. It really helps us out. Mesa Verde Voices is a production of KSJD Community Radio in Cortez, Colorado. It's produced in partnerships with Mesa Verde National Park and the Mesa Verde Museum Association, with additional support from the Ballantine Family Fund, Aramark, and Concept 360.